What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, and welcome to week 15 of my weekly NFL pick show for the 2016-2017 NFL season. It's week 15. It's coming down to the wire. Playoff implications. Fantasy football playoffs are basically kicking off this week. A couple of leagues might have kicked off last week, but basically really getting going this week, and we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. It is uh, about a couple minutes before 11 a.m. in a very snowy Bridgewater, Nova Scotia today. We finally got our first significant snowfall of the Christmas season, and uh, it's always nice when it happens, and it also means we're probably going to have snow for my birthday. It's my birthday week this week. On Monday, December 19th, I will be turning the calendar over on another year, be turning 32. It's not a significant birthday, really, in any way, shape, or form. It's not 30, it's not 35, but it's 32. It's right there in the middle. I also share a birthday with Geo Knows, a fellow NFL YouTube prognosticator, so go on his video this week and bug him about having another birthday as well. So it's me and Geo's birthday week this week. Let's talk about last week before we get into the picks for week 15. Last week, you know what? I'll say it straight up. Pretty mediocre week for me. Straight up, I only went 9-7, and seven, and that's because I got the Monday Night Football game right. So I only went 9-7, and seven, 128 up, 78 down, with two ties on the season. Now it is rather significant because it means I'm now officially 50 games over 500, and that's a nice, nice milestone that you want to get to at some point on the season. So 128, 78, and 2 straight up. Against the spread and over under, I only went 7, 8, and 1 in both of them. So 7, 8, and 1 against the spread has me 110 up, 93 down with 5 pushes against the spread on the season. And 7, 8, and 1 over under has me 111 up, 95 down, and our second over under push on the season. So that over under push came in the Pittsburgh Buffalo game, which ended with exactly 47 points. Well done, Vegas, setting up that number. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks from last week. We'll start with the bronze pick, which I whiffed on. Absolutely missed it, mucked it up entirely. I told you to take Indy to beat Houston. Houston comes up with the win 22-17, to so straight up loss. Against the spread, it was a loss because I told you to go Indy minus 4.5. And over-under loss as well, as I told you to go over 46.5 points, they only get to 39. So let's just forget the bronze pick ever happened. Silver pick, we made up for it. Bang, we swept the silver pick. Straight up, I told you to go Minnesota over Jacksonville. That game ends 25-16 to for Minnesota. Against the spread, I told you to go Minnesota minus 3.5 because it was not too much. That's an against the spread win as well. And over under, I told you to go over 39.5 points. They only get to 41, but it's enough. So it was an over under win as well. Gold pick did f eh, not great on. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Straight up, it was a win. I told you to take Detroit to beat Chicago. They did that. They only did it by field goal, though they won 20 to 17. Against the spread, it was a loss, as I told you to go Detroit minus eight. That did not work out, due in probably no small part to the Matt Stafford uh, hand injury. And over under, I told you to go over 43 and a half points. They only get to 37. Another touchdown would have been there, but they didn't get that. So won it straight up, but lost against the spread and over under. But we made up for it. Platinum pick. It's another sweep, baby. Another sweep on the platinum pick this week. 
Atlanta clobbers Los Angeles 42 to 14 and just the the insane saga of the Los Angeles Rams continues as they fire Jeff Fisher just days after announcing his two-year contract extension. Atlanta also covers the minus six on the spread. So that was an against the spread win for us, as I told you to go that way. And I told you to go over 45 points. Atlanta almost clears that on their own. So platinum, gold, silver, and bronze. I was three and one straight up, only two and two against the spread and only two and two over under. That was rather reflective of how we did in general this week. Going to the straight up and against the spread private pick'em pools for season five of the show, the Bridgewater's Finest Pools. I remain in second place in the straight up pool out of 28, 1,129 out of 1,657 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 68%. And in week 14, I pulled in a respectable 88 out of 136 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 65%. Not bad in a week where you only went 9 and 7. Shout out to our week 14 winner, Hatboxes Picks. The Hatbox Kid, Chris Carter. He wins week 14 in the pool. He was 11 and 5 straight up. 115 out of 136 possible confidence points. That is a clip of 85%. And it is good enough to win week 14. So congratulations to Hatbox on that one in a minute man remains our overall leader 132 up 74 down and the two pushes on the season or the two ties on the season i suppose i should say 1146 out of 1657 possible confidence points he's at a clip of 69 percent so here's where it sits right now i am what 17 points behind in a minute man in second place Gilius Thunderhead in third place is only five points behind me. So that's how close it is for second and third. Fourth place right now is Half Moon's picks. He's only 15, sorry, 17 points behind me. So we're really, really close here in terms of like that top four, even into the top five, Teddy Bridgewater five. He's not out of it yet. Really, neither is West Coast Martin in sixth place. They're only a couple of points away from each other. So this is still anybody's game. Remember, everyone, we go all the way through the playoffs. So wild card round, division round, uh, AFC and NFC championship round and the Super Bowl. We go all the way through. So don't leave off at the end of the season or else you might lose your chance to a be shouted out on the show and b potentially win the whole thing so there's still that shot there for those top teams remember that but shout out to in a minute man for remaining our overall leader and shout out once again to Hatbox's picks chris carter for winning week 14 and now let's take a look at the against the spread private pool i've moved down to fourth place out of 22 managers in that pool 108 correct against the spread picks based on Yahoo's lines out of the 207 games played so far in the NFL this season. That's only a clip of 52%. That's moving in the wrong direction. Based primarily, I would say, off of a week 14 where I only brought in six correct out of 16 against the spread picks based on Yahoo's lines once again. So only 38% in week 14. That's not good enough. Shout out to our week 14 winner. We just talked about him in a minute, man, as well as Candyman150. They both had 10 of 16 correct against the spread picks in week 14 and that is a clip of 63 percent that is an excellent week and congratulations to the two of you for co-winning week 14 brady's back and half moon's picks remain our co-overall leaders 
They both have 111 correct against the spread picks out of the 207 games so far played in the NFL based on Yahoo's lines. That's a clip of 54%. So the difference there is still only three between fourth place and tied for first, but it's getting tight. It's still anybody's game. One bad week and those leaders can drop off. We saw it a couple weeks ago with Half Moon. His lead disappeared. He's basically got it back now, but he's got company in Brady's back. So... Congratulations once again, In a Minute Man and Candyman 150. You co won week 14 at 10 and 6. And congratulations to Brady's back and Half Moon's picks for remaining the co overall leaders in the Against the Spread pool. As we mentioned off the top of the show, we're going to take a peek into Fantasy Corner, see how my eight fantasy football teams did in week 14 action. I had two teams that were on buys this week, had buys through the first round of the playoffs, which is awesome to have. So only six teams in action. I went three and three between those six teams, but there was really only one matchup that was paramount one matchup that I was really really concerned with and that was the matchup in my league the league that I commission it's a long-term league we've had the same managers for a number of years though it's not yet a dynasty or keeper league in any case that was the big one that I was concerned with it wasn't looking good early my quarterbacks absolutely shat the bed I think they scored four points between the two of them but I did manage to hold on and win that matchup moving on to the next round guaranteed to be playing for a fantasy football trophy and you love that feeling when you're guaranteed to be playing for some hardware unfortunately one of those teams that I did not make the playoffs in I made the playoffs in five of my eight leagues which is excellent but one of them was not the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League, as I'd mentioned before, as I talked about last week. And this week, I promptly went out and put up a bad performance against Gavin in the consolation round, so Gavin beat me out there. In week 15, I have a matchup with Bad News Bears, who was one of the lower-performing teams in the league this season. It's a projected win for me right now. We'll see what happens on that one. So, shout-out, Gavin. Thank you for the matchup in week 14. And shout-out to Bad News Bears. I think this is the third time that we're going to be playing this season. So, that's the matchup in week 15. And that's how things have shaken out in fantasy. We're basically into the playoffs in all of our leagues now. The games get more and more important. And that's how it shakes out. Let's see how week 15 goes. And I'll mention, as always, if you're watching the episode, listening to the episode on YouTube, you can go down to the description of the video file, and you're going to see all of my results from week 14, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week 15. You're going to find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pools for season five of the show, both straight up and against the spread. You're going to find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page that is still there, that is still growing, and we're still having a hell of a lot of fun, and we'd love to see you join up. You're also going to find links to other high-quality NFL YouTube prognosticators who get out and do this every friggin' week. If you're listening to the episode on SoundCloud, search NFL YouTube Prognosticators on Facebook, join the page, have some fun, get your football talk in, and as the playoffs get closer, everybody else is getting a little more excited. Speaking of getting excited, there's plenty of teams in the NFL that are playing exciting football, playing excited football. They got a lot to play for, and there's a lot of teams that are just playing for pride. Let's take a look at the Week 15 picks. We're going to start this week with not the Thursday nighter. Ho ho, spoiler alert for when we're talking about the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze. We are not starting with the Thursday nighter. We're starting with the Saturday nighter. That's right, Saturday night football this week sees the New York Jets play host to the Miami Dolphins. 
between these two teams, of course, Dolphins really the only one that has something to play for. Jets are sitting at four and nine, and they're certainly not going to be going anywhere, probably even within their own division. But the Dolphins are still definitely in the hunt here in terms of the wild card. As of right now, they are tied with Denver. At same record, 8-5. and five. I think Denver may hold the tiebreak between the two of them, but it's very close. Same record. Don't want to leave anything to chance in a game like this. But Miami's going to be going into New York. Both of these teams won last week. Miami, definitely the hotter of the two teams. 4-1 and one in their last five. They went on that big streak that, of course, got snapped two weeks ago. But I think the major determinant in this game is the fact that Ryan Tannehill is all but not playing in this game. It hasn't been, I don't think, even officially announced yet that Tannehill won't be playing, but Tannehill, if you missed the news, has multiple sprains in his knee off of the game from last week. So I would be shocked to see Miami put their bread and butter, basically, if you ha- you got to pick one, their bread and butter at the quarterback position to put him out there on what is technically a short week because they're playing on Saturday in a a game immediately after he's sprained multiple ligaments in his knee. So great chance we're going to see Matt Moore start this game for the Miami Dolphins. Absolutely nothing wrong with Matt Moore. He's a capable quarterback, and the Jets' secondary is garbage. But I'm going to take the Jets in this game based on the fact that they're at home, and if there's one thing that they can do on the defensive side, they can play a little bit of run defense. And their run defense strikes me as much better at home than it is on the road. Look, this is going to be a battle of non-starting quarterbacks. you got Bryce Petty on one side for the Jets, and you're going to have probably Matt Moore on the other side for the Dolphins. Are the Dolphins objectively a better team? Absolutely. I don't think there's any questioning that at all. But I loved what I saw from Bilal Powell last week for the Jets. He's probably going to get the lion's share of the work again this week. And if the Jets can put eight in the box and stop Jay Ajayi, force Matt Moore to have to make plays in the passing game, that I think is the Jets' path to winning this football game. And I think they're going to. So I'm going to take the Jets at home in a bit of an upset to beat the Miami Dolphins. On the line, the Jets are two and a half point dogs in their own building at home. I'll take that. I'm going to go New York Jets plus two and a half. Obviously, I like the Jets to win outright. Total in this game is 38 points, and it has plunged, I believe, three and a half points from the opening line. So maybe they did make an official announcement about Tannehill. I didn't see one, but I mean, logic stands to reason Tannehill's not going to play in this game. So it's plunged, started at 41 and a half, and it's down to 38. Grab it while you can. I still think it's going to go under. So I'm going to stay 38 points. I'm going to tell you to go under 38. It's two backup quarterbacks. It's, you know, defenses that can play all right when they choose to. It's everybody going to be focused on the run game. That's a lot of time coming off the clock. I think they'll just ultimately run out of time for 38 points. Jets beat Miami in New York. New York plus two and a half on the line under 38 points. Let's go to Chicago now where the Bears are going to play host to the Green Bay Packers, and Green Bay has been lighting things up since Aaron Rodgers said, we're going to run the table. And that's, I think, the way that i got to go in this one as well. I like Green Bay here because, again, say what you will, the Green Bay team has not been great this season, but they've won three games in a row. They're peaking at the right time, or at least it looks like they're peaking at the right time. You're still seeing a lot of mistakes being made in that passing game. I'm, I would be really, really interested to be a fly on the wall in Aaron Rodgers' home 
just to hear some of the things that he says about Jordy Nelson. I really think the relationship there is not great, and I think that comes out on the football field. Maybe I'm totally wrong and I'm just completely misreading the situation, but I think there's a bad relationship there. I honestly do. Maybe one of the best things for the Green Bay franchise would be to trade Jordy Nelson out of town, because you're sure as hell not going to trade Aaron Rodgers. Um, Chicago's got nothing to play for here but pride. They're 3-10. and ten. They're 1-4 and four in their last five games. Green Bay, as I mentioned, peaking around the right time. That offense is still playing well despite the fact that they're making mistakes. And look, this is the situation. Detroit's two games up on them. Green Bay, essentially, is going to have to win out. If you get to 10-6... and six, you're in the conversation there in terms of the wild card because look, the Giants are probably getting one of those wild card spots. The other one is up for grabs, and if Green Bay can run the table, get to ten and six, they got a real good chance of getting that, or even catching Detroit to win the division. I like Green Bay this week. I think Green Bay is going to put up plenty of points this week. And look, Chicago. The reality of the situation is Chicago. They've only topped twenty points once in their last five games. They're going to need to get to 20 points against Green Bay. I don't think it's going to happen. I like Green Bay on the road to beat Chicago. On the line, Chicago six and a half point dogs at home. You know what? It's under a touchdown, but Green Bay is not great on the road. They're not a great road team. They're not. They're only really an average road team, really probably at best. Six and a half points. Typically, I'd be inclined to take that, but... I think I'll go with the underdog side of that. I think I'm going to go Chicago plus six and a half. I don't think Chicago's going to win the game. I just wouldn't be surprised to see a garbage time touchdown. Green Bay's defense has been susceptible this season. So I'm going to go Chicago plus six and a half. Total in this game, 42 and a half points. Go over on it. Green Bay's going to score plenty of points. If Chicago can score some this should go over this total. So Green Bay beats Chicago. I like Chicago plus six and a half on the line over 42 and a half points let's go to cincinnati now afc north matchup the Bengals are going to play host to the pittsburgh steelers Bengals, another team that's in a situation that's playing for absolutely nothing but team pride five seven and one even if they ran the table at eight seven and one they're not catching pittsburgh they're probably not even catching baltimore Bengals good on them they've won two games in a row they could slash should be getting AJ Green back for this game and that's excellent news but look at what Le'Veon Bell did last week that was incredible against a Buffalo defense that I think is arguably better than Cincinnati I mean look it stands to reason Buffalo's run defense is pretty bad and Le'Veon Bell showed that but you know honestly between Buffalo and Cincinnati the defenses are pretty comparable but I think Le'Veon Bell is going to be able to step into this game and and not necessarily do that again because you can't anticipate a 250-plus yard game and three touchdowns every week. But you can definitely go in and say, he's probably going to hit triple digits. He's probably going to find the end zone. And that's probably going to be good enough for Pittsburgh to win. Pittsburgh's defense, a bit susceptible on the road. It's not great. And Cincinnati, again, they're playing decent football right now, having won two straight games. I just like the Steelers here as overall the better team. One of the elite, great wide receiver matchups in football when they're healthy. A.J. Green versus Antonio Brown. You'll love that. I just think Pittsburgh's got more weapons. I'm going to take Pittsburgh to win the game. 
On the line, Cincinnati are three-point dogs at home, our third straight home underdog, but I'm not going to take that. Three points is not too many in a game that I think Pittsburgh's going to win, so I'm going to tell you to go Pittsburgh minus three. Total in this game, 44 points. I like it to go over because, again, Cincinnati's defense is good, not great. Pittsburgh's defense is good, not great, and at times can look terrible. So 44 points, one of those middling numbers, and two pretty decent offenses that are playing decent right now. I got to tell you to go over on it. So Pittsburgh beats Cincinnati. I like Pittsburgh minus three on the line over 44 points. Let's go to Kansas City now where the Chiefs are going to play host to the Tennessee Titans. And the Chiefs are one of the great stories, I believe, of the NFL this season. 10-3, and they're up there with one of the other great stories of the NFL this season, Oakland, in a tie for that division. I believe Kansas City holds the tiebreaker between the two of them. Someone correct me if I'm wrong about that. Uh, because I think it's based on the division record and Kansas City is undefeated against this division. And they're also 7-2 and two against AFC opponents. In that same category, for the record, Tennessee is only 4-5 and five against AFC opponents. So a losing record against teams in the AFC. That does not bode well against a Kansas City team that is incredibly, incredibly strong at home. 5-1 and one at home so far this season. Tennessee, they're a 500 team on the road. Nothing to complain about with 3-3 three and three on the road. Marcus Mariota had an awful awful game last week and I don't expect he's going to have two awful games in a row so I think Marcus Mariota is going to be able to put up his yardage put up his points this week but we all know the bread and butter of that Tennessee offense is the run game 144 and a half yards per game for the run offense for Tennessee you move over you look at Kansas City Kansas City is not a great run defense. As a matter of fact, they're pretty bad. They're the number 27 run defense in football. They kind of mask it by having a decent secondary that I believe is within the top half of the league. Uh, now they're, they're actually they're at number 18, so they're just they're right around sort of middle of the league in terms of what they can stop through the air. Tennessee's going to be able to put up their yardage here. This was a tempting, tempting upset pick but I think going into Kansas City it's an incredibly difficult building to win in because of those fans and because of how well Kansas City does play in their own building I gotta take the safe route here and I'm gonna tell you to go with the Chiefs to beat Tennessee but Chiefs are favored by five and a half points at home I think that's too many I think this is going to come down to it I think this is going to be a shootout for one I think Kansas City finally figures out how to score more than 30 points in a game and I think Tennessee keeps this thing real close. So five and a half points, too many for me. I'm going to go Tennessee plus five and a half on the line. Total in this game, 43 points. I think you go over on it because, again, I think Kansas City scores their points. I think Tennessee scores their points with that run game against a pretty bad Kansas City run defense. 43 points. It's not enough for me, so I'm going to tell you to go over on it. Kansas City beats Tennessee in Kansas City. Tennessee plus five and a half over 43 points. Let's go to Minnesota now where the Vikings are going to play host to the Indianapolis Colts. And this, to me, is one of the most intriguing matchups in football this week. Look at the situation for both of these teams and I don't think you'll find two hungrier football teams with more to gain and more to lose matched up against each other this week. The Colts are 6-7. and seven. 
if we assume that Houston's going to win this week once we get to Houston's game, if we assume Houston's going to win this week, that puts Houston at 8-6. and six. The general consensus seems to be 8-8 eight and eight could win this division. If the Colts don't win this week, they need to win out to get to 8-8 eight and eight, to have any hope, have any shot whatsoever of winning this division. Because one of the teams from this division is not getting a wild card unless... Denver and Miami absolutely just just fall off completely because Oakland or Kansas City, one of those two teams getting that first wild card spot, it's it's decided. So unless Denver and Miami absolutely fall off completely, uh, eight and eight is not going to get a wild card spot. For all the teams in this AFC South division, the only path to the playoffs is winning the division. If Indianapolis wants to do that, they're probably going to have to win out and they're going to need some help. Let's go look at Minnesota. Oh, hi, Minnesota. You're two and three in your last five. You started the season off on a huge note and you've fallen off since then. You're struggling to score points. Your defense is still great. But if you look behind you, Green Bay is just like right there, like breathing down your neck and they're playing some great football right now. Minnesota desperately needs to win this game as well. Unlike in the AFC, a wild card spot is still up for grabs in this division. Pretty good chance the Giants are going to get the first wild card in the NFC. After that, it's wide open. You got the Redskins at 7 and 5. If you're Minnesota, you're at 7 and 6. Green Bay's at 7 and 6. Tampa Bay and Atlanta are tied for the NFC South lead at 8 and 5. That's manageable. The Cards are not out of it yet at 5, 7 and 1, although they're basically out of it, but they're not out out of it yet. You cannot take your foot off the gas if you are the Minnesota Vikings. You need to win this game. One thing that's going in your favor really well, the three times you've played AFC opponents this season, you've won. But the three times the Colts have played NFC teams, they've won two of them. Indianapolis has been playing better lately, although Indy did lose last week and Minnesota did win. Colts are head and shoulders the better offense between the two teams. Vikings are head and shoulders the better defense. I think this is one of those games that's really going to come down to last couple of plays, last possession for each team. I think this game is going to stay close. I think this game is going to be exciting. This might be my favorite game this week. Typically, I would defer to the strongest defense playing at home. Typically, I would defer to the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to take the upset in this one. I'm going to go with the Indy Colts. And I think what it does boil down to is Indianapolis knows If they lose, they're done. If Minnesota loses, they're not necessarily done. It depends on how the rest of the NFC kind of plays out this week. If the Colts lose, they're done. They're not catching uh, Houston for the division, likely. They're not getting a wild card spot. The only way for Indy to get in is to win out and win the division. And they know that. They know that all too well. They're playing slightly better football right now. I'm going to take the Colts, even though they're on the road. Colts beat the Vikings, upset the Vikings in Minnesota. On the line, Minnesota favored by four points at home. Even if I was going with Minnesota on this one, I still think this is going to be an incredibly close game. So I'm going to tell you to go Indianapolis plus four, especially where I like them to win. Even if you don't like them to win, I think plus four is a stronger bet this week. Over under in this game, the total is 44 and a half points. I'm actually going to tell you to go over on it. I think there's going to be some scoring in this one. I don't think it's going to go way over this number, but I mean like 26 to 20 is over this number. So I like it to go over 44 and a half. Indianapolis upsets Minnesota in Minnesota. Indy plus four on the line, over 44 and a half points. 
All right, we're going good. Let's pick things up a little bit here. New York Giants are going to be playing host for the second week in a row to a quality opponent. This time, it's the Detroit Lions. What this game comes down to for me, first of all, I like the Giants in this game. I think the Giants win this game. I think they wrap up. I think if they do that, they wrap up a playoff spot. They will wrap up one of those two wildcard spots. And I mean, they've even still got a chance to catch Dallas. It's probably not going to happen, but they got a chance. I like the Giants to win this week and wrap up one of those wildcard spots. The reason for that being, again, I talked about it last week when I talked about the Giants-Dallas game. New York's a really good home team. New York's got a chance in this game to go 7-1 and one at home. That is elite. If you can get at least six wins at home, you kind of follow the old Baltimore formula. Go 8-0 at home and then go 500 on the road. All of a sudden, you're 12-4 and four and you won the division. Giants are kind of kind of doing that. They're six and one at home right now. They're three and three on the road. Well, if they go seven and one at home and then win one of their final two road games, well then look at that. All of a sudden they're eleven and five and they've got a shot at winning the division. Or that they're certainly in the playoffs in a wild card spot. You look at Detroit, not necessarily a bad road team. They're three and three. They're they're a good road team. They're not a great road team, but they're a good road team. But the big thing that this boils down to for me is, look, that game last week against Chicago, Detroit probably should have clobbered them. Matt Stafford suffered that hand injury, middle finger on the throwing hand. And for a guy that has built a career on having a big arm, an injury to the throwing hand obviously is going to be a problem. Now you got to go into a stadium in New York where the team that you're playing plays incredibly well in their own building. Not so good on the road, but incredibly well in their own building. Your starting quarterback's got an injury to his throwing hand, and we don't really know the status of Theoretic. Is Theoretic going to be available for this game? We don't know. He didn't play last week. On the plus side, Lions did get DeAndre Levy back last week, which is a big boost to their defense, but I'm going to have to take the Giants in this one, even though Detroit, better offense, you know what, again, this time, it, it, like unlike what I did in the Minnesota game, I am deferring to the home team with a better defense, so we're going to go with the New York Giants to beat Detroit. Giants favored by four and a half points at home on the line. I think you probably take that. I mean, again, Giants, very good home team. Detroit, kind of middle of the pack road team, not or good, not great, but it's under a touchdown. Let's go. New York Giants minus four and a half. Over-under in this game, 41.5 points. I think you have to go over on it, even as Matt Stafford at 80% is still Matt Stafford. He'll probably find the end zone a couple of times. Eli will probably find the end zone a couple of times. The run game, if it generates any kind of point total at all, I think it goes over. So, the Giants beat Detroit in New York. I like the Giants, minus 4.5 on the line, over 41.5 points. Let's go to Baltimore now where the Ravens are going to play host to the Philadelphia Eagles, two very similar football teams in terms of the way that they're built. I just like to think that one does that job better than the other one. Baltimore, they've got nothing to hang their heads about about that performance on Monday Night Football. They went and they did what Baltimore does against New England, which has played them close. That ended up being probably, you know, the score was probably less reflective of the game than it should have been. I mean, look, New England was dominating this game at a certain point, and then a very brief span in the third quarter, and all of a sudden this is a tight game. This is a field goal game. Ends up being what I think it was what either twenty to seventeen or twenty three to twenty. I think it was twenty three to twenty. And all of a sudden it's like holy crap, Baltimore could win this game. 
Baltimore did what they needed to do on the road, played a very good home team tight, and didn't, you know, didn't come away with the win, but came away with absolutely nothing to hang their heads about. Meanwhile, somehow the Philadelphia Eagles have become the ass end of the NFC East at only 5-8. and eight. They've lost four consecutive games. They're struggling to score points. Sure, they got up over 20 last week, but they gave up 27. And Philadelphia on the road, that defense is not good. Just in general, Philadelphia on the road, they're not good. They're 1-6 and six on the road. Now look, they are 2-1 and one against the AFC, while Baltimore has not beaten an NFC opponent this season. Three of their six losses have come against the NFC. But this situation is just too perfect as far as I'm concerned. Baltimore beats Philadelphia in Baltimore. Write it down. Put your money on it. On the line, Ravens favored by six points at home. Philadelphia can't stop anybody. They can't stop anybody on the road. Baltimore's offense is by no means a juggernaut, and it kind of showed last night. Their special teams is really what made a couple of those plays for them. Now, the offense did get the ball into the end zone, but... Again, their offense not great. Six points, it seems like too many, but it is under a touchdown. Baltimore's very good at home. I'm going to tell you to go Baltimore minus six. Total in this game, 41.5 points. You have to go over because Philadelphia's defense can't stop anybody. So over 41.5 points, like Baltimore minus six on the line in a game that the Ravens win straight up. The Arizona Cardinals playing host to the New Orleans Saints, and this just boils down to the situation and I know somebody's going to throw something at me soon enough if I say that one more time boils down to the situation Arizona's 4-2 and 1 at home they're a good home team their defense plays incredibly well at home New Orleans mediocre road team they're only 2 and 4 they don't have much to play for at 5 and 8 they got an outside shot to get to 500 this season at 8 and 8 I feel like changes may be coming in New Orleans. I hope that's not the case. I love the Saints. I love the Saints organization. Something I think is going to have to change there. Certainly not on the offensive side, but definitely something on defense, whether that's a new coordinator, it's new coaches, it's new talent, whatever it is, something's going to have to change there in New Orleans. I don't think it's going to get much better for them this week. Arizona should be able to score enough points to keep pace and where they're at home, their defense plays better. I like Arizona to beat New Orleans. On the line, Arizona only favored by two and a half points at home. That's a tasty number. I think you take that before it gets any higher. Arizona minus two and a half. Total in this game is 50 points. Typically, I would say take the over on this. But again, where Arizona's defense does play better in their own building, I think you got to stay under on it. So I'm going to tell you to go under 50 points in Arizona, New Orleans. I like Arizona minus two and a half in a game that Arizona wins straight up. Ready to talk about my other favorite game for this week? The Denver Broncos at home taking on the New England Patriots. For everything great and wonderful that you can say about the Patriots in terms of how they've performed this season, the Patriots are 6-0 and away from Gillette. That's scary. Denver, of course, everybody knows how difficult it is to go into Denver and win a football game. It's at altitude. It's a very loud crowd. Everybody, the, the book has been written on how difficult it is to win in Denver. But the Broncos are not playing good football right now, and I'm just going to go out and say it. The Denver Broncos offense is bad. I don't say that lightly. The Broncos offense is bad. Their quarterback play is bad. 
Their running game has been almost non-existent all season. C.J. Anderson had some flashes where he played incredibly well, and then he got hurt. So since it's been Devontae Booker and their, their cavalcade of running backs has kind of taken over, this run game is bad. And unlike when Peyton was there, you can't mask that with a good pass offense because despite all the weapons that he has, Trevor Simeon slash Paxton Lynch have not been good. And yet somehow... Just like it said in that song from Suicide Squad, I must be a sucker for pain because I'm going to take the Denver Broncos to win this football game. Look, let's try as a group to not look at the numbers for a second because all the numbers say New England's going to win this game. And then, to be fair, let's not look at Denver's defensive numbers because between these two teams, I still think even though New England has given up fewer points, I still think Denver is a better defense. This is all about the situation, but not about the home versus away situation, about the playoff situation. The Patriots have won the AFC East. Miami would have to win out, New England would have to lose out, and I think even then it would come down to some tiebreaker, but Miami is technically still alive, technically, but basically not. New England has won this division. New England has also essentially won a first round bye, because Pittsburgh's not going to catch them. And whoever wins the AFC South is not going to catch them. So what do the Patriots have left to play for? Aside from, you know, the Patriot way, which you can't discount because that is so ingrained in these players. And Tom Brady is not a loser. He's not a losing quarterback. He wants to win football games. The Broncos have everything to play for. The Broncos are scratching and clawing, as we talked about earlier in this episode, for their playoff life. A team that at the beginning of the season you would have said, oh, well, they're guaranteed to be in the playoffs, basically. They're not. They're definitely not. At eight, they're look, they're eight and five, and that's fine, but eight and five is not guaranteeing them a playoff spot right now. They need to win, and they need to win now. They don't necessarily have to win out, but they need to win. And that's the way the Broncos are coming into this football game. Look, the Patriots just played a very rough, difficult game against the Ravens. It's going to be technically a short week as they played on Monday night and they're going to be playing on Sunday. So it's technically six games, six days, sorry, technically a short week. That's a tough game against Baltimore. Now they got to travel. They got to go to Denver, go to altitude and play there against a team that is desperate, a team that is backed into a corner. And when you back a team into the corner, they've got nothing left to lose. They're just going to come out and swing for the fences. So that can lead to mistakes. And an opportunistic defense like New England could take advantage of those mistakes and it could be ugly early or Denver could come out and punch them in the mouth because they need to. That's the way I'm going to go with it. Honestly, it's a coin flip. If you're going to not listen to one pick that I give you this week, make it this one, I would say, because I think all the numbers are telling you New England's going to win the football game. But I'm going to go with the desperate team, the team that needs to win, and that team is Denver. I like the Broncos at home to beat the Patriots. Sort of. On the line, Denver's a three-point dog at home. I think you take that. Uh, Now, if I was taking New England, I'd say, oh my God, New England, and they're only favored by three points, definitely take that. But I like Denver to win, so I'm going to go Denver plus three. Total in this game is 44 points. I'm going to tell you to stay under on it. I think the defense is the side that's going to show up to play. I can see this being a field goal matchup, like a 16 to 13 or a 19 to 16 or something like that. I like it to stay under 44 points. Denver upsets New England in Denver. I like Denver plus three 
and under 44. Let's go to San Diego now where the Chargers are going to play host to the Oakland Raiders. Not going to talk about this game very much because I think the Chargers have all but given up, especially where Melvin Gordon has that, I believe it was a neck injury, so he may not play the rest of the season. He is unlikely to play in this game, and that's basically the Chargers' weapon right there was Melvin Gordon. So without Melvin Gordon, the Chargers are basically uh, the Jaguars from a few years ago when they didn't have Maurice Jones-Drew. Uh, look, Phillip Rivers is a good quarterback, but making t- he's back to that point where he's making the mental mistakes and blaming them on everyone else. And he's got a real tendency to do that. So he's back to that level. And I think that's probably the way they're going to finish out the season. They're likely moving to Los Angeles anyway. So... I definitely don't like the Chargers this week. I'm going to tell you, you're going to be all over the Oakland Raiders this week. They're now tied with Kansas City. Raiders have plenty to play for. They want to win this division. They want that first round bye. So I'm going to tell you to take Oakland on the road to beat San Diego. On the line, San Diego, two and a half point dogs at home. I'm going to tell you, obviously, to go Oakland minus two and a half as I like the Raiders to win the game outright. Total in this game, 50 points. I'd say you go over on it because, look, Phillip Rivers can still score points. He's got dangerous weapons in the pass game. Oakland, we know Oakland can score points. I don't expect Carr to put up two terrible performances in a row so 50 points it seems high but not for these two teams whose defenses have been suspect this season 50 points not enough i'm going to tell you to go over oakland beats san diego in san diego i like oakland minus two and a half on the line over 50 points isn't it amazing too how you can have a team that can win 11 straight games and then they'll lose a game and their fan base is screaming to bench the quarterback. The Dallas Cowboys fan base is so, they're like monkeys in cages. Like there's, they're so interesting to me. Anyway, the Dallas Cowboys playing host to the Tampa Bay Bucks. This is an interesting game. I'm going to credit the masked tweeter for bringing this video into my life. He liked a Twitter video from a Dallas Cowboys fan who was screaming about how Dak Prescott is not a good quarterback and he's hit his rookie wall and Tony Romo needs to be back in. And I felt like the longer he talked, the more delusional he sounded. Look, I got nothing against Tony Romo. I've I've defended Tony Romo in the past from his multitude, multitude of critics. I don't think Tony Romo is the quarterback to put in this game. When Dallas has guaranteed themselves a first round bye, which I mean, look, they basically have at this point, but it's not for sure. We'll put it that way. The Giants could still catch them for the division. But if Dallas gets to a point where they've guaranteed themselves a first round bye, sure, put Romo out there. Why not? You got nothing to lose at that point. Dak Prescott has gotten you to the point where you're guaranteed a first round bye. Put Tony Romo in there. Let let Prescott get rested and healthy for the playoffs. Absolutely, do that. I don't think you put him in in this game. I don't think you bring Tony Romo back after having not played a snap for months. I don't think you put him back in there against the Tampa Bay Bucks secondary, who, while they haven't been good as a whole on the season, have been playing fairly well lately, and so has that team. Oh, look, they've won five games in a row. This is going to be another one of those games where the Cowboys are going to be able to ride Zeke Elliott to victory. Basically just put the whole team on his back and just plow him over the goal line. 
I, I think that's the way this game's going to go. I like Dallas in this game to beat Tampa Bay, despite the fact, I mean, look, Tampa Bay's 5-1 and one on the road. That's nothing to sneeze at. And the longer the season goes, the more I have to stop sort of looking at Tampa Bay like, oh, well, you know, they're, they're nothing special. They're only 5-4 and four outside of their own division, so they've played their own division really well this season. But look, they've won five games in a row. This is a football team that's playing very well right now, but I like the Dallas Cowboys to get off the schneid. I like them to win this game. Dallas beats Tampa Bay in Dallas. But it's not going to be a blowout. Dallas favored by seven points in this game. That's too much against a road team that's won five of their six road games. That's way too much. I like Tampa Bay plus seven. This is a game that the Bucks could sneak up and win, but certainly I would imagine a garbage time touchdown is going to come. Tampa Bay plus seven. And I mean, look, the Dallas secondary is not very good. All of a sudden you turn around, the Cowboys secondary is the 28th ranked pass defense in the whole league. And that's not good. Their run defense has been excellent. They're they're in the top. They're an elite echelon of run defenses. They're number two in the league right now behind Baltimore. But the secondary's not good. Jameis Winston's going to put up his yards. Mike Evans is going to put up his yards. Cameron Brait is going to find the end zone. This is a pretty darn complete offense. I just think Dallas is going to be able to do more with their run game and pick up the win. Seven points. It's too many. Tampa Bay plus seven. Total in this game, 46.5 points. I think you stay under on it, to be honest. I think that might be a bad decision. I think it, yeah, you know what? It could go, you know what? Audible. Audible on the play. I don't necessarily like doing this, but audible on the play. 46.5 points. I'm going to tell you to go over on it because I think Tampa Bay's pass game is going to put up their points. So, over 46.5. I like Dallas to beat Tampa Bay in Dallas. I like Tampa Bay plus seven on the line, kind of hedging my bets over 46 and a half points. And the last game we're going to look at before we get into the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze is my birthday game, the Monday Nighter, the Washington Redskins playing host to the Carolina Panthers. Not going to talk a ton about this game because I think I just want to, this is the game I just want to sit back and enjoy watching as a football fan on my birthday. Remind me of why I love football so much. So I'm not going to analyze this one too much. What I will say is this, the Redskins offense gets a little bit better when they're playing at home and Carolina's defense has been garbage on the road. 33 points against per game on the road. That's not going to be good enough against a Washington team that can score their points. I like the Redskins on Monday Night Football at home to beat Carolina. To say nothing of the fact that the Redskins, they're not out of the wild card conversation in the NFC. If they win out, they're 10 5 and 1. 10 wins should get to a wild card. So they've still got plenty to play for. Carolina, unfortunately, really does not. They got an outside shot. They're like the Saints. They got an outside shot to get to 500. Probably not going to happen. Although they could have Luke Keekley back this week, which would be a really nice story for them. Washington beats Carolina. On the line, Washington favored by five points at home. I think you probably got to take that. I don't uh, necessarily like betting against Carolina as they were so good last season, but situationally, I think Washington should be able to cover this number with relative ease. Washington minus five. 
total in this game, 51 points. Go over on it. Two good offenses. Carolina's defense, as we said, can't stop anybody on the road. Over 51 points in a game that Washington wins straight up. And Washington covers five points on the spread on my birthday, December 19th. All right, folks, let's do it. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 15 in the NFL. We're going to start with the bronze pick, where I'm only 7-7 and straight up. And just to take a little segue, if I lose my straight up pool, which look, I've done, I don't think I've won my straight up pool, to be perfectly honest. So I see I recruit the best of the best. But if I lose my straight up pool, nobody has to look any further than my bronze pick. My bronze pick every week is my fourth highest point total. And I'm only seven and seven. So that's a ton of points that I've left on the table this season. If I converted three more of those, like if that was 10 and four instead of seven and seven, I'd be leading my pool. It might not be by a lot, but I'd be in first place if I converted some of those games. So it's it's been mismanagement of confidence points. So if I lose my pool, look no further than that. Anyways, bronze pick, 7-7 seven and seven straight up, only 6-7-1 and one against the spread, and only 6-8 and eight over under, sees the Seattle Seahawks playing host of the Los Angeles Rams. Seattle wins the game. Seattle's favored by 15 points on the line. Seattle covers 15 points. Total in the game, 38.5, under 38.5 points. I imagine this game will be about 35 to nothing for Seattle. Do I have to say anything else? This Los Angeles franchise is an absolute train wreck. Why, 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 why would you take the losingest coach probably in any sport ever, Jeff Fisher? Why would you agree preseason to an extension, not report it until your team is already, what, four and eight, three and eight, four and eight? It didn't even come out that you had extended this guy for another two years. They suffer a lopsided loss, which who couldn't have called that? And then they fire the guy. Like, what a dumpster fire of a front office. It's not even just the product on the field anymore. It's it's the front office. It's the entire layout of that Rams organization. Holy cow, did the fans in St. Louis ever dodge a bullet by getting rid of this team? Now it's Los Angeles's problem. Now they can, oh, yay, we got football back. Oh, fantastic. We have the dumpster fire in terms of management and front office in the league. Worse than Cleveland, worse than San Francisco, it's the Rams. The Rams, Rams number one. And the Jags, worse than the Jags too. Anyway, Seattle's defense is going to stomp a mud hole in the Rams and walk it dry on home turf. Seattle wins. Seattle covers 15 points on the spread. That's like a college spread, but you know what? It's justified in this case. Seattle minus 15 and under 38 and a half points because Los Angeles might not score a point. When you're when you're mm, when your Pro Bowl running back is like we looked like a middle school offense this week. Hmm. Mm, that's good. That's good, isn't it? Are you happy, LA? Oh, don't worry. You've got the Chargers coming next year. Hooray! Deal with your princess starting quarterback who's basically Jay Cutler with more talent. Anyway, Seattle clobbers LA. That's the bronze pick. My silver pick where I'm 11-3 straight up, 9-5 against the spread, and 8-6 and over under sees the Atlanta Falcons playing host to the San Francisco 49ers. And this one, pretty simple. Atlanta, despite the fact that they're co-leading their division at 8-5, and five, they're a pretty not 
you know, pretty mediocre home team, which is surprising. I mean, they're they're only three and three at home, which means they're not going to be any better than five and three in total at home. If they end up being a division winner, that's a low home record for a division winner. I'll just put that out there. It's not I don't think it's not going to be the worst in football, I don't think for a potential division winner. Let's take a look. Uh actually, I tell a lie. It probably is. So, they may be the worst home team to win a division if they win the division because Tampa Bay's obviously going to be right there, I think right until the end. But that that's an area of concern, especially where you would be hosting a playoff game if you got in and you're probably looking at I mean best case scenario would be to play the Giants who are not very good on the road but I mean if you get a team like you know you know the Skins they're only average but if you get like you know the Vikings they're only average Green Bay they're only average eh, maybe Atlanta will be fine uh Niners nothing to play for not a good football team take Atlanta in this one I like Atlanta all day Falcons beat the 49ers in Atlanta for the silver pick on the line Atlanta favored by 13 and a half points for whatever reason I feel like that's too many and I don't know why because Atlanta's offense is definitely capable of doing that and San Francisco's offense has not been great I mean they started looking great last week against the Jets uh, and then just completely disappeared so they started off looking okay, but they're definitely not an, an, any kind of uh, an elite or even sort of an average offense. Their run offense is pretty good, so I guess if they, they can get their points through the run game, but for whatever reason, I just like plus 13.5 points. So that's the way I'm going to tell you to go with it. San Francisco plus 13.5. Total in this game, 51 points. I got to tell you to go over on it because, I mean, it's it's Atlanta. I think Atlanta is some crazy over-under this season uh, I can't really tell but they are a team that scored 428 points so far on the season does that have them as the number one offense in football you bet it does 428 points scored this season head and shoulders actually the best offense in football let's go over 51 points so Atlanta beats San Francisco in Atlanta but I like San Francisco plus 13 and a half on the line over 51 points my gold pick, which is my best straight up pick on the season, 13 and 1 straight up, 8 and 6 against the spread, and 8 and 6 over under, sees the Buffalo Bills host the Cleveland Browns. Now, the Bills, of course, got styled all over by Le'Veon Bell last week in their own building, and that's just plain embarrassing. It's had to be frustrating for them. They had the big debacle with the rubber pellets coming out of the the uh coming out of the turf when they were scraping the snow off just just a huge and they're talking about firing rex ryan like my god really or or that like he could be fired as of yesterday and it doesn't look like he has been so who knows whether that's legitimate or not i think they gotta let him finish out the season because buffalo i mean look they're not they're not dead in the water yet i don't think six and seven they could finish nine and seven they might have a shot at a wild card spot if they finish nine and seven it's possible it's not likely but it's possible so i mean i don't think you fire the guy they're definitely going to get their win this week against cleveland because look all right so for the last little while i've been really pounding the drum like i'm a carolina panthers fan about the fact that the browns are not going to be an 0-16 football team Browns are going to be an 0-16 football team. Um, their, their two best shots to win games have come in their last two. Two home games 
that bookended their bye week. They were two quote-unquote winnable games based on the situation. And they didn't. Both of those games were two possession games. They were not close. They were not competitive. Cleveland did not show up to play. The only shot that Cleveland has to win a football game this season is going to be week 16. They have San Diego in Cleveland. San Diego will have nothing to play for. They may not have Melvin Gordon. That's going to be, that's their only chance. They're not winning this week. Buffalo's going to destroy them in Buffalo. They're not winning in Pittsburgh. Even if the Steelers have nothing to play for at that point, the Steelers are a better football team. So they will destroy them. Their only chance to win a game is next week against San Diego in Cleveland. That said, they're going to get clobbered this week because the Bills got embarrassed in their own building last week. Now they get to bring Cleveland in and what better remedy for a team that just got destroyed than to play the Cleveland Browns. Buffalo wins the game. I like Buffalo to beat Cleveland. On the line, Buffalo favored by 10 points. Typically, I would not give the Bills offense that much credit as their pass game is virtually non-existent, but let's face it, it's the Browns. Buffalo minus 10 to beat Cleveland. Over-under in this game, total is 43 points. Take the over because who knows what Cleveland's going to be able to stop on Buffalo. LaShawn McCoy could have a career game against Cleveland because they can't really stop much of anything. So over 43 points, definitely it's a middling number. It's a rather low middling number, in fact. So take that over 43. Buffalo destroys Cleveland and Buffalo. Bills minus 10, over 43 points. That's the gold pick. Jeez, you can almost hear how my voice just gets, like, depressed talking about the Browns. Like, I want the Browns to win. It's like it's like the Cavs before LeBron came back and almost kind of ruined everything. It, it, you just, you want them to win. You just want to see them win. It's just like, oh, you're so cute. It's like the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, you want them to win. Speaking of a team you want to win, let's look at my platinum pick, the only game we haven't talked about yet. My platinum pick, I'm 12-2 and two straight up. 8-5-1 against the spread and 7-7 seven and seven over under. We've pulled the platinum pick back from the brink of obscurity, certainly in terms of those betting picks. The Houston Texans playing host to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it's Jacksonville. And you just so want Jacksonville to be good, and they're not. They're just not good, really, in any facet of the game. TJ Yeldon gave us something interesting to talk about for a few weeks, but then it just completely went away again. Marquise Lee, he's a good player. Allen Robinson's supposed to be a good player. He's not really producing anything right now. Texans. It's Texans all day. It's got to be Texans all day. This is like the best possible matchup that you could give the Houston Texans at this time of year. You give them a team that doesn't know how to win on the road when the Texans are incredibly good at winning games at home. Everything spells a Houston victory. Not to mention Houston is undefeated inside this division. Now, Jacksonville, for, you know, to give them credit, one of their two wins this season has come within their own division. But, I mean, look, Houston's undefeated in the division. They're going to stay undefeated in the division. Houston clobbers Jacksonville. On the line, Houston favored by six points. Typically, there is no way in hell I would go Houston minus six on a game, but I'm going to because Jacksonville's garbage on the road. Houston minus six 
against Jacksonville. Total in this game is 39 points. I'm going to tell you to stay under on it. I think that Houston defense shows up. Jacksonville's not going to get much of anything going, I don't think, on the ground or through the air. So 39 points, I'm going to tell you to stay under. So Houston beats Jacksonville in Houston. I like Houston minus six on the line, under 39 points. That is your platinum pick. Nothing from SoundCloud this week, so we're back to YouTube for the comment of the week. The comment of the week from the week 14 video is going to come from HRK24, a new subscriber of mine, and I always kind of like to highlight new subscribers if I happen to get one. Their comment, hello, just wanted to let you know I'm a new subscriber. I've been watching your predictions for the last few weeks. You do a great job of talking out the games in full. This is quality YouTube, sir. That's a, I, I, for whatever reason, I just, I adore that line. This is commentary, but I love that line. This is quality YouTube, sir. Seems like something my friend Tony Lance would say. I'll continue to listen in. Keep up the outstanding work. Your silver, gold, and platinum picks are right on point with my thoughts as well. Well, thank you very much, HRK24. Always love hearing from new subscribers and getting new subscribers. Obviously, yours is the comment of the week from the week 14 video. Thank you very much. All right, folks, that is going to do it for the week 15 episode of my weekly NFL pick show for the 2016-2017 NFL season. Thank you very much for listening slash watching. Let me know in the comments section picks you agree with, disagree with, comments, talk about Jeff Fisher, make fun of Jeff Fisher. And uh, you know what? Hey, let me know who you think the worst management group in the NFL is. I think the Rams have got that on lock, but... It will be interesting to hear what some other people have to say. Week 15 is in the books. I hope you enjoy the games. Hope you enjoyed the episode. We will see you again for week 16, where there will only be two weeks left in the NFL season. The playoff picture keeps getting clearer and clearer. And the closer we get to the playoffs, the closer we get to the fun. See you next week.